Welcome back, everybody, to Edge of the Rabbit Hole. I'm author and researcher Mike Ricksecker. With me, as always, my co-hostess, Victoria Monday, and down in the chat room, Alina, moderating the chat. We have a fantastic show coming up for you tonight. Our good friend, psychic medium and author and paranormal investigator, Rob Guttrow, is back with us for, I think I counted it right, the 14th time. Of all the guests we've had Rob has joined with the most. So we had to get him back here uh, one more time before we close shop on the rabbit hole. He's going to be talking to us today about his latest book about the ghosts of the Birdcage Theater. Yes, the very infamous Birdcage Theater there in Tombstone, Arizona. So, Rob, welcome back. Thank you so much for having me. It's so good to see you both. And, uh, and, and thanks for this uh, this little hat tribute. Um. Yeah. <laughs> You're supposed to say yeah, howdy. Rob has this super cool hat that he's wearing here. So uh, then Victoria got out her pirate hat and was like, all right, I'll go get my little chintzy fedora thing. And uh, yeah, so we're doing the hats for a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. I'm going to have hat here. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you guys can. Well, so I'm, I'm, I'm specifically right. wearing this hat and, uh, and I specifically grew this mustache as my Wyatt Earp mustache um, mm -hmm. of Tombstone, Arizona. Right, to, to honor and celebrate the that's, book. So that's let's, actually, let's pop that up here. Yeah. It's a great book. Yeah, yeah. Victoria has a copy. Of the, okay, there's the book yeah. cover. So it's, and um, that is, Rob, you said that was you in 1994. Theater on a medium's vacation. So it's the second of my medium's vacation series. I enjoyed right, it. I, I read it and it was great. <laughs> right, because the first one was when you went to England. Yeah, 1994. I, I, I think I'm having some audio difficulty. Hmm. Okay. A little bit of a delay. Uh oh. Can you hear us, Rob? Mm hmm. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure. All right. So, so tell us about the the new book. Um, this was your no, vacation from 1994. This is a younger oh. Rob Gutro here. Oh, he can't hear you. Um, can you hear Victoria? Hey, Rob. Can you hear me? Yeah, I, I don't know. Yo, we can hear uh -huh. you. Can you hear us? Can you hear us now? Uh-oh. It's the ghost. Um, it's the ghost. The ghost in the machine. <laughs> and everything was fine before we went live, too. Yeah. We were talking with him just fine. Maybe it's the hat. <laughs> okay, now it's now now I can hear you. So I will uh okay. I will take the hat off. <laughs> All right. So All right. um oh, maybe the hats are going topless. No, no. So All thank right. you. <laughs> Thanks for throwing the cover uh, to that. So there's a there's a story behind there, um, and uh, that was me in 1994. Um, after I saw the movie Tombstone in 1993 with Wyatt Earp and Val Kilmer, um, oh, yeah. I became fascinated with Wyatt Earp. So um, I decided that I would go to Tombstone and I would investigate. You know, I would try to figure out what happened there and so forth. Um, I was really drawn to Tombstone. And as it turned out, I had a past life experience when I was there. Oh, so wow. What happened? That. Yeah. Um, well, before I get to that, I, I, I just okay. want to preface that by saying that um, I, I became so enamored with Wyatt Earp as a character that I wound up within a decade traveling to different parts of the country researching him to write a book about him but oh, okay. there were so many books written about him that i decided to show that idea if you will um and i didn't think i would ever use the photographs and stuff from tombstone but ghosts had a different uh idea <laughs> so <laughs> yes, they do. they're in the book they're in the book yeah so yeah so why um you know so many years later 1994 to, you know, 2022 or in now. So you do the math. Um, mm -hmm. it, it's been yeah, a while. Don't do the math. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't do the yeah, math. Sure 1994, I was two years out of high school. So, you know. 
Ouch. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying, yeah. hello, hello? Yeah, going through a tunnel? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so these are very good reasons. So back in the 90s, um, my abilities were dormant. Even though I saw my grandfather back when I was like 13 years old, way back in the 70s, um, my, my abilities went dormant. So when I visited in 1994, um, I didn't pick up on anything. Uh, when I went back um, in 2019, I decided to visit uh, my friend Dan out in, in uh, Phoenix. And I told him that I really wanted to go back to the birdcage because I had befriended the guy that manages it, Billy, um, and his wife, Amy, and I wanted to see it. Plus, they just instituted ghost tours of the birdcage. So that's, thanks. That's a picture of me and Billy in 1994 with one of the ladies of the evening, as you will, um, that worked there at the bar. Um, it's now a museum. Um, and when I went, by the way, in 1994, I went with a friend of mine uh, named John, and we decided that the best way to see Tombstone was to dress up as Wyatt Earp and Doc Holliday. So I, ah, okay. I was Wyatt Earp, he was Doc Holliday, and that made it so much more memorable and so much fun. Um, and Victoria, I think the picture, you, you, the picture of us is in that book, it is in the book. Uh -huh. You remember the picture in there? of me and uh, me and my friend John. There's a couple took of it in front of the tombstone epitaph, the newspaper. Yes. Um, that one. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> nice. So that's John that's and nice I in 1994 as Doc Holliday and Wyatt Earp. Um, very, very memorable trip. And what was funny about that trip too, Mike, is that uh, tourists thought that we were working at the town in the town and oh, they came up and they, they thought you were reenactors <laughs> right <laughs> they reenact the shit out of, of the okay corral um all the time every day um so we got our pictures taken with a whole bunch of people but um <laughs> that's great so as soon as we got to the town that's what, as soon as we get to the town and i didn't i had never been to the town we didn't have a map or anything um we just parked our car at the end of Allen Street, which is the main street, and we started walking. And that's when I had my um, past life experience. It was really freaky. Um, we had we had walked probably a quarter of the way through the town, and somebody asked me. Somebody stopped and asked me directions. Of course, thinking that I work there, you know, as a reenactor, and they said, "Where's the courthouse?" And I told them exactly what streets to go down to, to get to the courthouse. And oh, wow. my friend, John looked at me and he said, how the hell do you know where the courthouse is? And I said, uh, I don't, I just, <laughs> I just, uh, it, it just came to me just and knew. I just gave him directions. And he, and he said, I, I hope he didn't give that guy bum directions. Well, we followed my, my directions and there was the courthouse. Oh, that's fantastic. And so this is why you have such a big draw to tombstones because you've had a past yeah. life there. Yeah. And the courthouse isn't easy to find if I remember correctly, because you have the yeah. main street and then yeah. it's like off a couple blocks and over one and down one. So I was impressed when I read that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was kind of freaky. Um, so about a couple of years ago, Mike, I did a, um, a past life experience, uh, like a regression thing. We were in a yoga studio yeah. and then there, there was a kind of a past life regression exercise. So we did that. And I wasn't thinking of anything. I had not done that before. <clears throat> sure enough, I was in Tombstone and I could see myself in a cabin and I had dirty boots on and there was a hound dog in the cabin. And I distinctly remember how I was dressed. And I knew that it was Tombstone, and I thought, wow, that that confirms everything for me. So, Okay, I have well, a question fantastic. for you, if I may. Um, I've done a few past life regressions, and it seems like a lot of mine are centered around um, the medieval period. You know, I do all the Renaissance stuff, too. So um, if you had one that's specifically Tombstone, do you think you might have had some others in that time period also, or do you have one that's just Tombstone? 
or maybe you were like in San Francisco also. Anywhere I, in the old I west? No, because it was only yeah, it, it it was only there. I'm I'm sure that okay. uh, you know Tombstone Tombstone was founded in 1879, so um, it most likely when I lived there, I came from somewhere else. Okay. Um, so you don't remember and, other and lives. The, the story behind the founding of Tombstone was that that uh, Ed Shiflin, who is a uh, a miner. I I don't no. Okay. I need to go through another past life regression, I think. Those are fun. So, <laughs> so Mike, have you ever had a past life regression? I have. Um, I had one last year. Uh, it was very fascinating. And uh, it was basically it was a medieval uh, sort of scenario. So, but, uh, but Conversation is about you, Rob. <laughs> we can talk about my past life regression another time. Um, so tell us well, about what's going all. on. Oh, yeah. yeah they <laughs> certainly are. Uh, but what's going on with the birdcage? So um, so the birdcage was built after the town was founded, of course. Um, the town was founded in 1879 when Ed Chiplin found a silver mine, a silver strike. Um, in the desert, basically, um, and he was told by the the nearby um, uh, the nearby soldiers in Fort um, Fort Huacala that he would only find his tombstone. So when he made the silver strike, he named the town Tombstone, and everything was built around it. And the Birdcage Theater was one of the buildings that was created, and it's one of the only um, structures that still stand because Tombstone had a fire, and a lot of the original structures had burned down. But the birdcage survived, and it it's still as it was back then in the eight. It, it, I think it opened in 1880, 1881. So yeah, yeah. I grabbed a couple of photos here um, from different time periods, and you can see it's boy, pretty much remained the same. Well, I think that was because it was like one of the only brick buildings, and everything else was wood. So when the fire came through, it kind of didn't destroy that one because of the bricks. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. So that became that became really the hub for activity back in the 1880s. Um, and, and by the way, in 1889, all the silver mines flooded, and uh, the town basically, if you will, dried up. <laughs> no pun intended. Oh, um, because the <laughs> dried up because of the flood anymore. Yeah. <laughs> You're no. desert life. <laughs> <laughs> That's irony for you, right there. <laughs> um, so, I mean, it's, the, the town was still, there were still people that lived there, but there were very few after that, after 1889. Um, so, uh, but in its heyday from 1881 to 1889, it was a tremendous theater for live performances. Um, of course, there are other things that went on there. Um, there, it was also uh, kind of a house of prostitution and there was, uh, a lot of gambling down in the basement. There was the, a big um, gambling area. That's a uh, that's a good look of the first floor right there. Mm -hmm. And that's oh, back here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right yeah. there, you're looking at the fourth floor, where um, it's now a museum, of course. So there's all kinds of uh, display cases and so forth of different things from the period. Um, that that area there on the first floor used to be filled with seats that would face the uh, the big curtain. Um, and if you remember the movie Tombstone, up in the up in the boxes, that's where Wyatt Earp and Doc Holliday were pictured in the movie, looking uh, looking to the stage. So, um, but in that particular and room, and that's the stage, I'll be, right? I'll be the... talking about that in a little bit. So that's okay. one of the curtains. It's one of the original. Yeah, ones. that's the stage, and that's one of the original curtains. Wow, isn't that crazy? Yeah, the fact that they still have that, that's that's amazing. Yeah, I was telling Rob earlier, um, I went with my family like right around 2000 and nothing had been really restored at that time. They were like, two bucks, you can go in. Don't, you know, watch where you're walking. And it was just stuff everywhere. You know, it's like they opened the door and it was 1880 and you can come on in. It was just amazing. You know, they hadn't tried to preserve it. They haven't decorated it or anything. 
And um, you know, the Black Mariah that's upstairs or up on the stage, do you think that has anything to do with the hauntings? Because that's that was like a million dollar hearse back in its time, I think. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I couldn't sense if anybody was attached to that, but it, it, it very well could be. I mean, there's certainly this, so there's so much residual energy in that in that building that sometimes it's hard to weed out what's residual and what's intelligent. Mm -hmm. um, and what I've learned is that there are 26 people murdered in that building. Oh. Wow. <laughs> 26. Yikes. Yeah, there are over, I think there are over 144 bullet holes in the walls and the ceiling. Oof. Mm -hmm. So um, if you, so if you saw the movie Tombstone, when they were inside the Birdcage Theater and they were doing a production, um, some of the cowboys would shoot the ceiling whenever they either liked a performance or that. And that's true. <laughs> All of the, a lot of that stuff is Jeez. true. Um, the, the people who, who wrote the script for the movie Tombstone really outdid themselves because they, they really uh, did a lot of research. Because um, I wanted to find out if that was true. And, and I think about 90% of the movie was true. Mm -hmm. So. That's fantastic. Uh, Usually Hollywood has, uh, <laughs> they're pretty lenient with their storylines most of the time. So that's great that they stayed pretty true to the story. Yeah, I think the only thing they took liberties with is that they don't know who killed Johnny Ringo and that, because um, in the movie Doc Holliday did, but, um, and it's not a spoiler, it came out in 93. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> um, <clears throat> And they also took liberties with the Doc Holliday, Johnny Ringo flipping of the cup thing. It was about a handkerchief instead. <clears throat> <I believe. laughs> so, yeah, and that wasn't as dramatic as flipping a cup. But, um, but otherwise, uh, if you if you want some some historic uh, perspective of, of the birdcage and Tombstone at the time, Tombstone, the movie is one to watch. Um, big inspiration. So anyway, so now it's a museum and um, they still have the, the daytime tours. Um, they, so Victoria, they have a, uh, they have someone that walks around with you. You can go in by yourself, Oh, but oh, they have someone uh, that walks around with you. Oh, they just said, go, <laughs> they let us go. You know, they, there was no tour guide. Yeah. So the, the ghost tours now <clears throat> that they have established, and I'm, I can't remember how, um, when they established them, but they do have somebody with you because you're there three hours mm. and they oh, turn wow. the lights off. Yeah. It's pretty dark in there anyway. Um, <laughs> so that would be cool. Yeah. So one of the pictures I sent you, Mike, was a, um, a picture um, from backstage at the end of the ghost tour, the last hour that you're there, they sit you at tables behind the big curtain that you just showed. That's it. Oh. Yeah. So <clears throat> they sit you at tables. So there are uh, there are a whole bunch of tables, and they're organized in like um, a rectangle. So that's just one of like three tables. Okay. Um, and then they. And that's that's on the other side. You kind of see it pulled back there. That's on the other side of the curtain there. Yeah, it's yeah, backstage. Yeah. Okay. That's that's the the man behind the curtain right there yeah <laughs> <laughs> <Let's speak. clears throat> or the men behind the curtain um and we had talked about uh, re residual energy earlier and i will tell you that while i was sitting there um everybody was sitting there all i think there were tw maybe 20 people something like that um and everybody was no pun intended dead quiet <laughs> But you could hear, you could hear men on the other side of the curtain talking and gambling. Oh wow! You mm -hmm. could. It was clear as day to me and my friend Dan. Um, so, so I should tell you that in 2019, when we went, uh, my friend Dan has never had a paranormal experience. He doesn't know anything about the paranormal. He never cared about it. He was just like, okay, I'll go. It sounds, sounds kind of cool. You know, maybe I'll, maybe I'll see a ghost. And he was joking, but okay. then he saw it. 
<laughs> oh, did he? That's how they start. <laughs> yep, it is. He saw too, and he was pretty freaked out. And now he's convinced, huh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, I, uh, yeah, I had him edit the book, too, to, to make sure. Because two of it, two of the experiences within the book are, are his experiences. Oh, okay. Um, so, um, so there are a number of, um, a, a number of ghosts that I ran into that uh, in, in total, I will tell you that out of the 26 people that were murdered in there, I ran into 11 different ghosts. Wow. That's quite a uh, lot. Yeah. And you know what? I, it, my, I, because I've been there a couple of times before I've been there, I was in there in 94 and I was there in, again in 97 and both times I would give them my abilities, but, um, I didn't expect to really, you know, interact with anything. Um, but you know, me, wherever I go, I keep a journal and I take a journal mm -hmm. with me. So I write everything down and that's how I'm able to put these books together. Um, and then I sketch them out. And I think you have a couple of sketches. Um, yeah, for, yeah. You uh, sent me a sketch here. We'll we'll put that up on the screen here. So that is one of the ghosts that Dan saw. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, you 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 just showed the uh, the tables set up behind the curtain, right? Behind the stage, and to the right side of the stage is the doorway. Um, to the to the right side of that far right side of that picture um, is the doorway. And so Dan and I were sitting together um, at, on the right hand side of the pic on the right hand side there. And we were looking toward the left. Well, okay. Uh, there's a doorway on the far right side that's out of out of the picture. Um, and Dan said to me, did you see that guy? And I looked up and I briefly saw a man in a cowboy hat, that guy right there. And um, so he said, there was one man in the entire ghost tour with a cowboy hat. And he said, but that guy is sitting down. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was that guy that got up to go to the bathroom or something <clears throat> because they have an emergency light from the front. Sure. Of the stage. So it's very dim. But no, it was not that guy. And there was nobody else in the entire place with a cowboy hat. This <laughs> was the guy that was standing in the doorway. He looked at Dan and he turned around and he walked out the other way. Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> I can't any idea more. which which one this may have been? Which what? Any idea which which particular person this would have been? I no, I don't know. Okay, because he turned around and walked away. Okay, so, I have two um, questions. Did he have legs when Dan saw him? No. Okay, because that's the exact spot. You know, I was telling you, I smelled the lady's perfume. That's mm -hmm. the spot, and that's the door, the one you showed the picture. That's where she was going, and I, I just had the feeling like she was uh, a stage manager type because she was busy backstage getting everybody ready. So, okay, that right. would make sense. Mike, can you show that picture again of the curtain of the tombstone curtain? Yeah, yeah. I'll bring that because back up here. That's the other side of what we're looking at. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. So on the far left, you can see the doorway there. Okay. Get, straight up the stairs. Yeah. Yeah, straight up the stairs. That's straight where up the that, stairs and there's the door. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's where that guy with the cowboy hat was standing. So he, he would have been around. standing there. Okay. Yeah. He turned around and he walked walk down the stairs look at you mike you are just a whiz with that stuff i'm trying <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah so i can't tell you the word that dan said because um they're not suitable for television but um he was pretty freaked out <laughs> it was expletive <laughs> yeah yeah he was pretty freaked out he goes um un unbelievable um, so the other, uh, the other ghost that he saw was, uh, was a face in a mirror and, um, that's in the book. I didn't send you that picture, but I'll leave that, leave it for people to go look for it. 
yeah um, yeah people yeah. need uh they need something to go buy the book for so yeah <laughs> yeah so there's a lot of interesting stories too um I mean, just the history, really, of, of the Birdcage Theater itself is fascinating because it's it's preserved really like it was um, in the mm -hmm. 1880s, and um, you just you it's you just really won't find that in many places, um, you know. Um, Especially down in the poker room. I mean, it, it's. Well, when I was there, when I visited the couple of times, it was. Well, it looks well, like they like still it. have money on the table. Yeah, and it's there's just <laughs> dust, so you know no one's touching it because it's just dust everywhere, and it's like that's where we had a lot of experiences too. Um, in your book, can I can I ask you something about in the book? Sure. You were talking about okay, going down that staircase, coming from backstage, going down mm. to the poker room. Mm -hmm. You kind of stumbled and fell. Mm. Um, it's because you ran into somebody. Now I've had that happen to me several times. The only thing I can equate it to is like running really fast and hitting a bouncy house and going back. Is that the same kind of feeling you had? Uh, no, I was shot in the chest. Okay, so you just oh, went wow. back. Okay. Yeah, and I drew a picture of how I felt um, and the image that the guy gave me being shot at, yeah, against the wall. Um. And the, the, you know, I was one of the last ones down. So I think I was actually the last one down and the docent who was there, you know, leading the tour, she turned around and she said, are you okay? And I said, no, I was just shot in the chest. And she said, what? And I said, it, it's a ghost who was shot here in the chest. And, and she said, there was a man who was shot right there in the chest against that wall. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So um, what's really freaky about how you channeled that wow. these experiences is that every single ghost that I encountered um, was confirmed by the tour guide. She said one way or another, somebody had run into those different ghosts at, at different times. Um, but historically, they also looked up these things. Um, so <laughs> that that really kind of freaked me out. Um, by the way, the the poker game area that you showed earlier yeah. was known for the longest poker game in history. Yeah, um, I was going to ask you about that. <laughs> yeah, it was um, it was supposedly played twenty four hours a day, seven days a week, and it was for eight eight years, five months, and uh, a couple of days. Mm -hmm. Uh, and and that ended in of course 1889 when everything flooded but um <laughs> that's a long time to have to uh hold a bathroom break <laughs> i'm pretty sure they uh you know tip their chairs like that when you have to leave now i wanted to ask you about that because you know i've played a poker game or two i was there mm -hmm. before in arizona for a while um oh. but <laughs> you didn't hear that from me um, and there's a lot of, a lot of emotion and a lot of energy when you play poker, at least when I do. Mm. And if that game went on for eight years, like they said, do you, because when you go downstairs, man, it feels totally different. I mean, I've seen things, you know, how the, the doors where the, the rooms are, they have like a panel broken out and you can peek your head in. Um, I've seen things mm -hmm. in there when I looked in there and you can just feel the energy that's downstairs. Do you think that helped fuel any residual haunting that's down there or is it just... Crazy old yeah. birdcage energy. No, I I totally agree that it, there was a lot of residual energy generated in there, and I think the whole the whole basement is is really soaked with residual energy. That you know there were, of course, there were a lot of people the the guys that lost and um, <laughs> a lot of anger um, that imp they impressed. Yeah. <laughs> in the walls and so forth, and then um, the, the guys that were murdered down there for accused mm -hmm. of cheating um you know that's in there too so it's like going into a swimming pool really when you go down there mm -hmm. um so did, would, so across from that that area mike is a um there are like i think there are like four rooms and they're mm -hmm. called they're the cribs where the um the soil doves or ladies of the evening would go to do their business um and uh, 
there have been reports that there have been they've seen some people have seen ghosts of some of the women in there is that what you saw in victoria yeah um, that's one of the things i wanted to ask you because first of all i found your book really really fascinating how you connected with everyone and a lot of people how you connected and they showed you how they died and mm -hmm. is that something that's normal for you that was my first question um and when i was down there the only two men i saw i I saw women everywhere I went, but the only two men I saw had just, that's a nice way of saying it, had just finished and they were getting dressed. So when I stuck okay. my head in the, in the, um, yeah, whatever, uh, <laughs> I've been spending a lot of, yeah, I've been spending a lot of time in haunted brothels. So I'm thinking yeah. about my future there. <laughs> you know, that's where turn around. And, no, I think that's my next career. It's, you know, if I don't find a job. Anyway. Um, I could do the ghost tours. Um, anyway, when I put my head in there, the lady was like in the the white, um, like a cami and bloomer type outfit. And the man was in long johns and he was putting mm -hmm. his um, his pants on. He had his boots on already. Maybe he didn't take them off. I don't know. Um, but upstairs, you know, when you first walk in, you know, there's that big picture that has the bullet hole in it. Um, and then there's a staircase that comes down and it turns and it comes down again. Mm -hmm. I saw a man walking down and he was like tucking his shirt in and then he disappeared. So I'm assuming he completed his mission there. Um, but I connected more with a women. Do you ever find that like certain people will connect with just like one gender or one sex or one type of person or I don't know. Is it just national international international women's day, I guess, or. Well, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> so big shout out to all the women out there. Um, yeah, absolutely. I, um, you know, I really never thought about that. I just think that uh, I've always felt that any ghost that can sense a medium usually just wants to tell them their story, mm -hmm. whether it's man or woman or child or whatever. Um, but I, again, it, it, I think as we discussed before, it all depends on their personalities. Um, so if, you know, if men were intimidated by talking to a woman, a woman, they would, they would be hesitant to do that as a okay. ghost. Um, yeah. And vice versa. Um, yeah. Or if they didn't see them as worthy of talking so, to, I guess. So maybe, you know, yeah. or, so maybe women would be more open and more inclined to, to talk to another, uh, a living woman who is a medium. Um, Cause they would, mm -hmm. more, you know, they would be more sympathetic, certainly, especially to women in the 1880s who what you know, where prostitution was a um, that was a profession, um, yeah. and that a lot of women who grew up in poor homes wound up doing that. Um, I think there was a boarding house around the corner from the the birdcage. Didn't um, White Earp's girlfriend own the that? It. They called it a boarding house, but yeah, it was one of the guys. Well, I thought it was Doc um, Holliday. It was Doc she, Holliday's well, she, girlfriend. Big, Big Nose Kate, yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, Big Nose Kate. She was from, uh, she was Hungarian too. And he left her behind in, in Tombstone. Oh. Um, we Hungarians don't have that big a nose. Yep. Come on. <laughs> I'm German. I, I'm not turning my head. So. <laughs> well, it's on my mom's side. But um, her nickname was. Let me ask you about the, the women there the because. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> Let me ask you about the women there, because you hear stories of people that go to visit there and, you know, the, the men say that they will get touched by you know, the, the working women. So in um, Victoria just you know, told a story where she saw you know, a guy finishing with the woman. So I guess my question is more of it sounds like what Victoria would have seen was more of a residual haunt. But people who are being touched by a woman who is trying to solicit them for hey i'm, I'm working here uh, it sounds like that's more of an intelligent haunt so is it is it a mix there do these uh do these women think that they're still working and they're trying to you know get a client from the living uh, well my my feeling is that there is there is a mix there's there's certainly a lot of residual energy that we talked about during uh, down in the basement um mm -hmm. but there's residual energy upstairs too uh, where i heard the uh the crowd um, in, on the other side of the curtain. But um, for those women who worked there that decided to stay behind as earthbound ghosts, um, I think they still, they, they want 
people to know that they're there and that they chose to stay there. So that's why they will they will touch somebody. Um, some of them did not get to tell me their whole story or a lot of, or or their story at all. Um, they just wanted me to know that they were there. Um, I, I think that some of them were afraid to cross over because of their profession, if you will. Mm. So that's why they stayed behind. Um, so, so they're they afraid to... of some sort of judgment or something happening if they were to cross over. And, yeah. Right. Yeah. You discussed about a woman um, that you saw in Bisbee and that's why she didn't cross over. So, I mean, that, that was an eye opener. I'd never even thought about that before. Yeah. So that was, so I, I threw, I had a chapter about um, the Copper Queen hotel. I, <clears throat> I added that in the end of the book, even though it's, you know, it's not the birdcage. So I went to Bisbee, which is another mining town. And um, Bisbee became known as a copper mining town, very famous for copper mines. Um, as a matter of fact, they, they give you, uh, there's a, a tour you can actually take into an old copper mine. And uh, Ooh, my friend nice. Dan and I took it. Yeah, we, they take you all the way down. <laughs> and they walk? The Wait, are you walking down yeah. this or? <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's, oh, on okay. a, it's on a, it's on a um, kind of a ride. It, you, okay. you sit in old mining cars. And they oh, take fun. Down. That is, so it's yeah. like a Donkey Kong ride. That's pretty of. cool. <laughs> it is. It, it, it's, yeah, it's fascinating. And it, and I have to say, it's really scary because if you're claustrophobic, you know, yeah, <laughs> you don't want to do it. Um, hmm. But you get the little mining hat? With the they do. Yeah. Everybody gets okay. a, a hat. Yeah. You, you get a hard hat with a, with a mining light on it. And, um, uh, yeah, and you're instructed to stay in the cart and, and keep your hands in the cart because the tunnels are very actually very small. They're very narrow um, until they get to certain areas where they they started breaking into like a copper copper vein, if you will, and then they start um, then it becomes a big area. Um, so it's it's really fascinating. But um, so that's the town of Bisbee is a really quaint town. It's kind of an artsy town. Um, it's not, it's really close to Tombstone. I think it's about a 10 minute drive or something like that. Um, and the Copper Queen Hotel is a very famous hotel in that area. And it, as it turns out, Mike, you would find this really cool because they have a book in the lobby for people who have ghost experiences. All right. Very cool. Everybody that has a ghost experience writes their story in that book. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So they have a nice large book of experiences. It's pretty big. Yeah. I, I didn't get to flip through it, but um, that just, <laughs> just gives you an indication that there's a lot of dead people that stayed behind. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, also, but yeah. It's a nice part of town. You know, it's got the mountains there and close to Mexico. Yeah. Yeah. And like Why I said, not? it's very artsy too. <laughs> so there's a lot of artisans that, that live there. Um, nice. A lot of antiques uh, and history and, cool stuff <laughs> and there's a comic book shop i found that oh there you go yeah so I was, <laughs> I was um but i didn't expect to find that uh, run into this this woman in the in the hallway that i ran into and um and yeah she she told me that she was afraid to cross over because of you know religious reasons um mm. and and I, I have found that many times before with different people that have decided to stay behind as ghosts. Um, Is there anything that you could try to you know, tell them about the other side to maybe reassure them that you know they're not going to burn? <laughs> yeah, I actually do. I, I tell them that the other side is nothing but love and acceptance and peace. Um, and that <clears throat> hell is really staying behind earthbound as a ghost for eternity, not being able to talk to anybody. That's yeah. my idea of hell. Um, so th that's usually how I get people to cross over. Um, but so I was so and this woman, by the way, made me actually fall to my knee um, in the hallway. Oh, wow. Um, she was sharing some pain with me. And, and you know, oh. and I was walking next to Dan and he and he looks at me, and goes, what what in the world is wrong with you? So <laughs> I said, it's a ghost. <laughs> 
they're just they're sharing their pain um she she made me fall and you know and, and poor dan he's like i have no idea what the hell is going on here i you know <laughs> um but he learned a lot about the paranormal i'll, I'll tell you that within uh within one day because he met this could be my dead people that's my new excuse oh it's a ghost you know i fell down there you go <laughs> <laughs> it's a cat lay that on a ghost nice yeah um can i ask you one quick question not about your tombstone? ghost it's not my ghost my ghost is over there <laughs> um did you ever were you in tombstone after dark sure yeah so the ghost tour actually took place um at, after sunset okay and, did you ever get a, um, a feeling like the buildings were watching you it's just the creepiest feeling it, it is it is kind of a creepy feeling um yeah I, I i i didn't get that feeling but um when we were uh walking back to our vehicle uh a dead guy walked right through me <laughs> oh that's oh that's also in the book um and and when when ghosts walk through me they they take all the uh, the heat energy out of my body because they're trying to absorb you know energy so that they can uh, manifest and I got totally chilled and I felt suddenly very weak but I hmm. I felt him walk right through me and that was just really freaky um, there's a there's another part um, that was freaky about Tombstone. I didn't put this in the book, but we got all the way, we got back to, uh, to Dan's truck after, after the ghost tour, it was like 11 o'clock at night. His brand new truck, the battery was dead. Oh no. Oh wow. What the? <laughs> How does that happen? So yeah, mm. and you guys know ghost, well, ghost drain batteries. So oh, yeah. <laughs> he's looking at me like, what the hell what, th this doesn't make any sense so it was 11 o'clock at night so um i called triple a and they said where are you and i said uh tombstone and they said well we would have to send a uh, a truck from tucson tucson oh is 40 gosh. miles plus to the north yeah. they said it could be there in about two hours <laughs> because we were backed up i'm like uh it's 11 o'clock at night man <laughs> No, there was nothing in this. <laughs> so, um, so, so we were just, we just looked at each other like, okay, what do we do? So we walked back into the town. We went into a convenience store. We asked where the, uh, the sheriff's office was. And fortunately there was one convenience store that was open and the guy, the kid that was working there told us where it was. So we walked to the sheriff's office and we knocked on the door the doors are all locked by the way in tombstone so uh and this yeah. this police officer opened the door he must have been like six eight he was oh, he wow. was huge and you know i'm a little guy i'm like, I'm like five six <laughs> and and he he's just looking down at me he's like what's wrong and and i, I told him <laughs> our, our vehicle died and I, I wasn't about to say i you know i could have been a ghost that sapped it but um right <laughs> so he said, he said uh where are you parked so i told him I, we were like two blocks down and to the left and i said should we wait for you and go with you to show you where the truck is and he said no just go walk over there now and i'm like no. okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Said, it was a little you know it was 11 o'clock at night it was intimidating yeah. he was like a, a giant so um he met us over there he actually jumped the battery and he said look there's a uh, there's a walmart that's open it's 30 miles away and he said that's the only place that's open this time of night you that's the that's the best place to get a battery he said otherwise go to your hotel and just park the car and you'll have to get jumped again tomorrow so we drove to, we drove the 30 miles kept the vehicle running dan went in and got a battery Turned the turned it off finally. We had to make sure he got the battery before we turned the truck yeah. off. And he changed the battery right there in the parking lot, and we were, and we were good to go. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> we are not <laughs> going back to Tombstone. 
gonna go around and we're gonna go to a hotel. <laughs> um, nice. So that was an adventure. Yeah. It, we didn't get back to the hotel till about 12 30, 1 o'clock in the morning. It was like, oh my and that was after meeting eleven dead people in, in the uh in the birdcage and uh, being there three hours. So wow. that's a long quite day. the end of, <laughs> uh, of a, an amazing adventure. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It's so long. So I, I'm ready for yeah, the second literally. the second book of <laughs> I'm ready for your second book on Tombstone. I love Tombstone. It's one of my favorite places, you know. Well, I'm going to extend an offer to you both because um, Billy and Amy um, have set up a big event for me Ooh. on the week of Memorial Day weekend, um, which are also Wyatt Earp days in Tombstone. I am flying out there for three days to do a lecture and a book signing at the Birdcage Oops. Theater. Oh, what fun. In Tombstone. Oh, I love the Birdcage. Mike, yeah, you got to go. It's going to be cool. How is it? I don't know if I'll still places? have <laughs> You're going keep to the, keep the mustache? I'll have mine grown out by then. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> no, it would be fun if, if you kept the part because, I mean, just, yeah, because, Rob, this is a great look. I mean, you look like you belong there. Yeah, he did. Because yeah, you got the mustache going on there, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. <laughs> and it's a swagger. It's a swagger that yeah. you developed there, too. So, you know, it's cool. Yeah, but it, put the hat back on. Because you'll <laughs> with the hat, you look yeah, like I, you belong. And I like playing with the mustache, you know, so. Do you? <laughs> yeah. It's really good when you're doing poker, because you can there do you this. Go. Perfect. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you should at least keep it for that event. Yeah. Okay. All right, I'll, I'll keep it. It's only a couple months away anyway, so. Yeah, yeah. I can do that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so there you go, everybody. You want a signed book from Rob of the Birdcage Theater at the Birdcage Theater. Go to Tube. So you said it was Memorial Day weekend? Yeah, the 29th and 30th, which is a Saturday, Sunday. I fly in on uh, Saturday the 29th um, or the 28th. I can't remember whatever that Saturday is. Um, but yeah, um, thank you. So right yeah, I'll, I'll be there. <laughs> um, and it'll be really cool. And um, you and afterward, by the way, the Birdcage Theater has ghost tours still every single night, seven nights a week. So you can um, you can sign up for them. Um, they're not they don't book them that far in advance right now, but. But they're, they're still going on seven seven nights a week. And I got to tell you, if you want the best ghost tour ever, that is a place to go. That and the old Sounds Mineral Springs Hotel, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mineral Springs is awesome. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, Bird Kitchen. I, um, I was really disappointed in myself that I, could, I couldn't make that stop. I really wanted to. Good. You know, just driving right by the exit. There's, there's tombstone, but I had to kind of, I, I had to, I know, I, I had to fly that night. So, oh well. Yeah, when when we were in Arizona, we were in Scottsdale, and we were going to go up to uh, Sedona, but Sedona's streets are so thin, I couldn't make a U-turn. So next thing I knew, I was in Flagstaff. I'm like, well, what the hell? I might as well go to the Grand Canyon. So I'm up at the Grand Canyon. <laughs> just keep on going. You know, it's like, when am I going to be over here again? So I saw the painted <laughs> desert. It was a long way. Painted desert, you know, crater. It was great. You just keep going. <laughs> it, we got yeah. about ten minutes left in the show, and we have a couple of questions here from our our chatters. So, sure, I want to get a couple of these in real quick. Uh, this is actually from Alina, our chat moderator. She says, uh, "Do spirits make you feel extremely cold when they pass through you?" Which you kind of answered that earlier. I get weird, deep chills for no known reason sometimes. Yeah, they do. They, so, um, so because ghosts and spirits, ghosts are earthbound and spirits have crossed over. Um, that's the way I define them. Because they're energy, they need energy to, to get strong enough to manifest. And, it, and they can do that by absorbing your body heat and making you feel cold and giving you chills. They also do that by absorbing the motion of mo air molecules. And they, by doing that, by absorbing that motion, they slow them down. And slow moving molecules of air are cool air Fast moving molecules of air are warm air, and that's why you can feel cold spots. And there are a lot of cold spots in the birdcage theater. 
awesome. There are now that you mention it. Yeah, I always <laughs> wanted to be in a haunted uh, a haunted apartment when we were in Arizona because I thought you know it would help with the air conditioning. But no such, <laughs> no such luck, you know. <laughs> well, it sounds like it wipes Rob out too. It does. It does. It's, I mean, it's, re it's really an emotional thing. Yeah. Um, and actually, Mike, I, I was one of the things that I'm going to do be doing in, I think it's in May, early May, is that I was invited to the Hoover House in Waynesboro, Pennsylvania. It's a haunted okay. bed and breakfast. They asked me to stay there overnight, and I said no. <laughs> <laughs> um, Why not? There, there not for an overnight, huh? No. Uh, I've had enough ghosts wake me up at night. No. Yeah. <laughs> Let me ask you real quick about um, Jerome, I think was his name, that you met him twice. Yes. Um, yes. Is that something normal where they show you their death? Or is that yeah. just a Jerome thing? Okay. No, that's that's pretty normal. Um, and actually, you know, Victoria, pets do the same thing to me. They, they convey mm -hmm. how they died. Um, and you'd be surprised how many people write to me and say, I don't know how my pet died. So... Um, oh. Uh, I get into that too, and I have solved quite a number of mysteries that way. But yeah, um, so that's a that's a chapter that everybody would probably want to read because Jerome, that's his name, that's what he told me. He got shot in the throat, and mm. um, I couldn't speak when I met Jerome because oh, wow. I felt blood gushing out of my throat, and I tasted it. And when I came back the next day, he did it again. <laughs> Oof. You couldn't just say, I remember you. I was here yesterday. <laughs> hmm. I really wanted to share that. I couldn't speak. Uh, it took like oh, two or three true. minutes for me to get to, to finally speak. Mm. Yeah. So th I, there's well, a sketch of him that I made in there. Okay. Yeah. So you guys want to see the sketch? Check out the book. <laughs> so Is there another uh, we have a question, question here. Yeah, we have a question here from Sarah Youssef. Uh, do you find that your reenactment stirred up acti activity even more? Sometimes place memories can be triggered. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, well, I was not um, dressed as Wyatt Earp when I visited for the ghost tour. Um, so I was just wearing my uh, Superman t-shirt, I think. So uh, <laughs> they wouldn't even okay. know what that was. <laughs> Same um, thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, I mean, that's a really good point is that reenacting likely does tr trigger um, more, more activity because they think that, that you're someone from their time period that they can associate with. Um, I hadn't thought about that before. Yeah. And of course, when I dressed up as Wyatt Earp in 94 and went there, uh, my abilities really weren't, they were dormant. So um, mm -hmm. Somebody's trying to talk to me then, I wasn't paying attention. Gotcha. But By the way, in mean, the maybe when you uh go back with the with the mustache and the hat you have now and everything, you know, maybe <laughs> <it will. laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I have to get some, some spurs because I don't have, don't have any boots. Um I, ah. I took those black boots and I painted them green for my green lantern costume for Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I've seen the Green Lantern costume. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Because we, again, we went out to a haunted brothel. That's that's what we have out here. Um, and we were dressed up in a um, period costumes. Well, my garb, you know. <laughs> and we had a lot of activity. And I think a lot of that was triggered because of, it was a familiar sight, I guess you could say, or, or, or some familiarity with being dressed up. Yeah, somebody they could definitely relate to. You know, it's easier to uh, to talk to somebody that you think that has the same things in common that you do. Um, either if you dress the same or you have the same, you know, philosophies or or something like that. So that's that that would make perfect sense. Yeah. Or it's same birthday. <laughs> same birth date. Um, yeah. 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 That. That's in his book. <laughs> yeah. That. That was another ghost that showed up. I wasn't yeah. going to tell about that one. It, yeah, the lady with the same birthday. Of one of the living people that she mm -hmm. was, yeah. And yeah, that's something weird that the, the ghost had told me. Um, so 
Yeah, I, it was amazing to, to learn the history of these different people that were haunting the Birdcage Theater. Um, and I, I would say about half of them died there. Um, there are a couple that did not die there, but yet they chose to haunt the Birdcage for one reason or another. And, and I, I don't know what they are. Um, maybe I'll find out when I go back this May. Because it was fun. Yeah. It, yeah, it was the place to be. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Where everybody else is. <laughs> so yeah. I'm dying. We have about to go five back. minutes left in the show, Rob. So um, <laughs> just want to kind of real quickly get to, yeah. <laughs> kind of want to real quickly get to some of the other things that you have going on, upcoming projects, um, pets in the afterlife for uh, anything you want to talk about. Oh, gosh. Um, yeah. So um, pets in the afterlife four is the next book um and that's what it's going to be about uh, messages from spirit cats because i just said messages from spirit dogs um and and i don't know if i've been on since um the, the messages from spirit dogs book won an award from the book authority which i'm totally shocked Fantastic. by. yeah they ranked congratulations one of, the, one of the 21 best or 18 best books on grief um in 2021 that's amazing. amazing. Yeah, I know. I'm like, I, I didn't, I didn't even expect. It. And what's, what's even more interesting to me is that it's the only book about pet grief and pet loss. All wow. the other ones about human losses. So, um, you know, I don't know how they found out about me, but I'm, I'm very grateful to them. Um, yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> it's very humbling. <laughs> You know, I'm like, what? I'm just a little guy over here <laughs> trying oh. to help people. No, there's I'm, not I'm really a lot of books. Yeah, there's not a lot of books on pet grieving and pet loss. When I whew, worked in a bookstore, people would ask. I'm like, well, we have general grieving. No, but, but that's awesome. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm, I'm still doing uh, pet readings for people who lost pets. Um, Good. I, you know, sometimes people have asked me about doing readings for people and people are way, they have too much, too many hangups people. <laughs> so I much rather deal with pets. They're much more about love and so forth. Um, and, uh, I, I did wind up doing one reading for a person. Um, it was, a, and the guy turned out to be an abusive father who was an alcoholic mm -hmm. who passed away and I, and you know, and it's hard to convey these things in a message, but I did. And, uh, the, the person confirmed everything that I got. Um, so that's why I said, you know what? I get pets. So that's good. But people can find out, um, people can, <laughs> oh, that's, that's, that's Billy. That's Billy who manages the birdcage theater right there. Oh, great. I love the yeah. birdcage, Billy. <laughs> So Billy, who's in the uh, photo with you back here. Yes, that's Billy right there. That's, that's awesome. Right. <laughs> so everybody needs awesome. to go to the birdcage and say, hey, Love Billy. It. <laughs> it's, it's one of the greatest places. That in the courthouse. It's, yeah, because yeah, really they still is. have the gallows. Uh, the theater is probably my favorite. Yes, yeah, yeah the, the, the courthouse does have the gallows. Um, yeah, but the birdcage is awesome. I mean, there's so much activity that went but on there. Wants to. <laughs> <laughs> it, but the best place to go, really, in, in all of Tombstone, I know, you know, they have the OK Corral um, rebuilt and the staging sure. area and all that, but uh, and the courthouse is is also an original building, but the birdcage is, is likely the most haunted place. And, um, and, not, and it's rich in history. The minute you go in there, you'll learn all about the 1880s. Um, so everybody needs to go. Um, and Wyatt Earp Days, May 28th, 29th, 30th. There you go. And and so. Billy is telling you to keep the mustache, so you have to at least keep it for that. <laughs> so, <laughs> All right, well. so when Mike shows up, when Mike shows up for Wyatt Earp Days, um, should he be in garb and costume? Like, you know, one of the Clanton, Clayton Clantons? You know, I've got that duster. Yes, you that do. Long trench coat. Yeah, that would be appropriate. I would just have to get the right hat and I guess the boots. Perfect. I, I can I can yeah. hook you up with the boot makers. So I know those okay. people. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So well, I really appreciate. All right. Well, we are at. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're at our hour sure. mark, so we do have to wrap it up. And uh, Rob, it's always great to have you on. And um, I wanted to make sure we got you in one last time before we, you know, close up the rabbit hole. Uh, and it just the, the timing with your book coming out uh, was just phenomenal. So again, everybody, please, please go grab Rob's book. Here it is one more time. Ghosts of the Birdcage Theater on a Medium's Vacation. So, um, and website is robguttrow.com. Thank you. And, um, and I'm proud to say that it actually hit number one in U.S. Western travel guides for a day. So, um, That's so I wanted to tip my hat to you both oh. and say thank you again for all the, uh, all the wonderful shows that we've had together. I mean, I, I, I can't thank you enough. You guys are like family to me. So thanks. Oh. Absolutely. Thank you, my friend. And uh, Victoria and I have talked about doing uh, an occasional pop up show, something special going on and uh, just come back kind of, you know, here or there. So uh, you know, when, when Pets in the Afterlife 4 uh, comes out, we'll have to do one of those little pop up shows. So. Yeah, we great. should do Cat Lady right there in the corner. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> there you go. We should just go to Rob's house. You know, you got a book out? Let's talk. You know, there you, you go. go Alexandra's house. You got a book out? We'll do it. Okay. So. <laughs> All right, Rob. You have a great night. Take care. You too. Thank you both. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Bye-bye.